watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode number 76 of the Cannabis 101 podcast where it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. This is our number one, our number two will come out on Wednesday and my name is Dean Millard. We've got a really good show lined up for you but there is uh, certainly one way that we kick things off around here on this show and that's where I want to find out what's your groove. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? Kind of grabs you by the boo boo, don't it? Pipe it a great, long and a blitz. This is great. This is the bee's knees. Can you dig it? So when I say what's your groove, uh, what I'm asking is, um, as the uh, supernova volcano hybrid goes off, if you're listening to this and you're grooving with something cannabis-wise, I'd love to know what it is. Pipe and a bong and a blintz. Maybe that's what you're going with. Maybe you got something else. You mind if I do it, Jay? You're the dude. You can do whatever you want. Uh, but anyway, maybe you even got some relaxing CBD going, uh, and it just kind of takes the the edge off a little bit and uh, gives you a little bit of peace. Whatever it is, please reach out to me at the Cannabis One Hundred and One on Twitter, Cannabis One Hundred and One Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can email me Cannabis One Hundred and One Podcast at Gmail dot com if you would like to stay anonymous, or if you just like using email. Let me know what you're grooving with. Uh, hit me up on social media. I love hearing from people, uh, and I love uh, some of our new listeners and, and viewers, uh, Joey in Pennsylvania. Um, we're getting a lot of uh, American uh, listeners and viewers, and, and for good reason, because there's some great news uh, when it comes to uh, cannabis. So what I have is uh, a little Helios uh, from Hexo. and It's such a good deal on uh, Mondays. At Plant Life, 20 bucks for an eighth, mix and match. You can get uh, two for 40. So um, I was in there last week, picked up some Helios, which used to be Maui Wowie. Uh, I think it might be like a snow leopard now. Uh, changes it up uh, coming from Hexo. But uh, uh, $20 at Plant Life on Mondays is a pretty good deal uh, across Alberta. All right, so now that I have my groove on, it is indeed time to tell you what is uh, 
coming down the pipe on uh, down the hash pipe on this episode. David Wiley will be back with us from the OZ organogram an admission that does not look good out east and some more stories on this week in cannabis news. Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. will join me for the business of cannabis. So we're going to talk about what's happening in the United States, as I just alluded to. Our cannabis question is about the slash. You're going to want to tune in because you're going to be able to play Santa Claus for somebody. And we'll tell you about the Weed Weekly and the uh, Weed Word of the Day as we move along in the program. And of course, always a big shout out to all of our partners from the OZ, the Green Generation Company, Regal Cigars. Andre had just given us a batch that we'd given out the last little while. And of course, Stonesmiths. Check them out at stonesmiths.ca. The brass behind this wonderful company will be on the program on Wednesday. I cannot wait to have the conversation with them. Going to talk about, of course, that this thing has a built-in loader. It's getting colder, although it's beautiful out these days. Uh, but it has a battery built in for Edmonton winters. It's just absolutely amazing, the features on this. And you can get it at Shellshock Edmonton, Smokers Junction in Calgary, and Cowboys Smoke Shop in Vancouver. So check it out at stonesmith.ca. If you're a retail outlet, you will want to get these in your shop pronto. Let's get now to the cannabis question. It's prize time. Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Quite a bit of blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. Okay, so if you're watching, you can see the cannabis question. If you're listening and you'd like to watch, check us out on YouTube. Uh, we also stream on our social media channels. But the cannabis question, who do you think deserves the slash as a gift for Cannabis Christmas this year. Who would you love to play Santa with and give them the slash as a gift? Because you might just get to do that. We're going to give away. We are going to give away the slash from Stonesmiths to somebody that a listener or a viewer wants to give it. We're going to let you play Santa Claus. We're also going to get you something. Don't worry. We're going to have a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack for you, but basically nominate somebody. Who would you like to get uh, a slash this year for Cannabis Christmas? I would love to give uh, one of these to Christine Vandalou and Kevin Dabbs. They're my voice team. The wonderful voices that you hear throughout this podcast in our breaks, um, that's uh, Christine Vandalou and Kevin Dabbs. Wonderful actors, choreographers, teachers, beautiful people, great parents. I think they would deserve, I think they deserve the slash from Stonesmith. But who do you think deserves one? We just might be getting one of those in the hands of somebody you nominate. It could be you. And of course, we will get you something as well. So hit us up on our social media feeds, the Cannabis 101, the Cannabis 101 podcast on Instagram and Twitter, or email us, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. 
All right, before we get to David Wiley, I want to remind you about the Weed Weekly. It comes out every Friday right into your inbox, recaps the show. We also have a giveaway on Fridays, and we throw in a lot of fun things. You can check that out at the Cannabis 101 Podcast. .ca, but it's only for subscribers, so make sure you sign up. You're in the mix for the Wheel of Names giveaway. That's how we decide uh, the winner. And, and also, while you're at the Cannabis101podcast.ca, check out the 12 Cultivars of Christmas. Chris Ionson and myself uh, from What's That Strain, each doing 12 different cultivars. It's amazing. We are on uh, day seven as I record this now. Uh, so a new one comes out every day up until December 24th. The contest details are also at the cannabis101podcast.ca. You have to be legal age in your region to consume cannabis and uh, be able to enter this contest. But we have a killer prize pack to give away a freeze pipe. We'll have a regal cigar in there. We've got a package coming from Plant Life and much more. So make sure you head to the cannabis101podcast.ca, sign up for the Weed Weekly, check out the 12 cultivars and past episodes as well. Great way to keep up to date, which with is what hopefully is one of your favorite podcasts out there. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. My good friend David Wiley from the OZ rejoining us this week. You can find them online at OkanaganZ.com and uh, on Twitter at OkanaganZ. And David, it is uh, great to chat and great to see you again. How are you feeling? Feeling good. It's good to see you too. Yeah, sorry to skip out on you last week. It happens every so often. That is. I just figured there was so much sunshine, you had to go out and enjoy it. And it's nice that you've sent that sunshine my way because we're getting it. Because as we all know, you're in the Okanagan. And do you not get the most sunshine of anybody in the country? You know, it's really a bit of a, a marketing gimmick, I'd like to say. <laughs> in, the, in the summertime, just to make everybody feel better, in the summertime, it's gorgeous and sunny. In the wintertime, though, because we're in a valley... It's pretty gray. So you got to get up into the ski hills. Yeah, I'll ah. do a bit of a humble brag there. We need to go up onto a big white or silver star uh, apex, get above those clouds. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, it's uh, it's good to chat with you again. And uh, th- this first story, unfortunately, is something that is not a good story. In fact, it's actually a terrible story. And Organogram has a role to play in this story. Yeah, the worst part of this story is the fact that it took uh, far too many Freedom of Information Act requests to figure out that organogram was the source of a major illness in New Brunswick. So that cannabis producer has been identified as the source of Legionnaire's disease uh, in New Brunswick last year. And the source was initially kept a secret by the company and by the government, but a CBC investigation over time had revealed that organogram was actually the source that affected 16 people last year. Basically, the company now says that cooling towers atop of its cannabis production plant in Moncton had caused that outbreak. 15 people, by the way, were sent to hospital. If you don't know much about Legionnaire's disease, it's actually caused by inhaling water droplets that contain the Legionella bacteria. And generally, these kinds of outbreaks are traced to cooling towers as that combination of heat and water can be a breeding ground for the bacteria if the system is not properly maintained. Uh, Organogram, now that it's been outed, 
tells CBC that it deeply regrets the impact of the incident on members of the community and their families last year. Now, uh, they didn't even give an interview. They just basically sent a statement. So, you know, it's just another case of a company not really wanting to admit its misdeeds until it's forced to and disappointing especially in the cannabis industry where we hope that these companies will do a little better a hundred percent and uh, you know the the one gentleman that speaks out in this article uh richard uh melanson you know he said you know he thought all along that uh this was the case but you know he didn't want to point fingers which i think is is quite actually uh, impressive on and on his end because he was uh, one of those gentlemen that did get sick but i i don't know about you uh david i i look at this situation and and this is a situation where if organogram had come out in the first place and said hey we screwed up we're really 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 sorry there would be way less bad publicity if it let's it's always a good thing if you make a mistake own up to it right away. The longer you try to, or seemingly try to cover up, which which kind of like you know they didn't come out. They knew they were at fault. All these uh, you know uh, f- you know uh, what did you call them? Freedom of uh, uh, to to be able to get the Freedom of Information Act requests. Yeah, yeah, like all of that didn't have to happen. There would have been a much you know it still wouldn't have been good, but it wouldn't be as bad as this looks. And CBC says it actually filed several of these FOI requests. And it was just that the last batch actually was the first time that the company's name wasn't blacked out. And, you know, some people have wondered that maybe there's lawsuits on the horizon uh, because Legionnaires is really, it's a terrible, mm-hmm. a terrible illness. And, you know, around one in people, one in 10 people actually die from it. In this case, fortunate enough that none of them did. And it, it's certainly not even a case of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger uh, because after being on the receiving end of Legionnaire's disease, you're actually left weaker and more susceptible. Um, So yeah, and this is a case where we have an industry here um, that needs to create trust with people. Mm -hmm. And when you can't be big enough to admit fault, that does certainly impede that kind of trust. Yeah, it, it it really does, and and unfortunately, we are fighting an uphill battle in this industry, and we have to uh, be very very transparent. Now, um, you know, there's there's not building trust, and then there's just not showing up, and uh, in in my opinion, just kind of being ignorant, and that's where we're going with this next story out in uh, your neck of the woods in BC, because the the premier didn't even respond to requests from a group wanting to talk to him about the cannabis situation. This just, I I don't know, I don't know if arrogance is the right word, but uh, total disrespect in my opinion. I've been following this one really since the start of legalization, and it's an an issue that goes on before legalization. You know, nobody's happy in BC when it comes to the murky, let's call it the gray area of cannabis and retailers on the one hand, legal ones, licensed, they're upset that cannabis laws aren't being enforced across the board and they're losing business. And now an, an indigenous group is upset that the provincial government won't even meet them to talk about their own uh, individual governance proposal when it comes to cannabis. It's just messy right now. Um, you know, last week, BC Premier John Horgan, NDP government, just simply chose not to attend a virtual roundtable with a consortium of chiefs from different First Nations. Uh, Basically, they wanted to meet to talk about their proposal to 
to legitimize uh, their chain of businesses. And uh, they invited Horgan, they invited the public safety minister here, Mike Farnworth, to discuss a path, a path towards self-determination through legal cannabis distribution. And, you know, neither politician, they said, even responded to their calls. And it led them to put a pretty scathing statement. And this isn't an issue that is limited to BC alone. You know, we've got CTV also reporting that mm -hmm. it's the same across the country when it comes to First Nations and cannabis. And one lawyer who specializes in Indigenous issues told CTV that chiefs and councils across Canada, bans are basically been strongly encouraged to develop their own cannabis frameworks, <laughs> their own bylaws to regulate the distribution, the sale of cannabis on the reserves. And that just leads to a patchwork across the country where things could be different, uh, you know, in, in every different indigenous community, um, especially compared to uh, different stores across the country where they're following the Cannabis Act. Um, and that includes what we're seeing here in BC and other parts of the country too, is you've got unlicensed stores that are offering delivery by mail even across the country. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's not just a BC issue limited to BC, but if you've got stores here that are unlicensed that are offering delivery across Canada, you know, they're also having an impact on every province in the country. Um, so what's, what's the solution here? I certainly wouldn't say that I'm smart enough to know what that would be. Uh, but you know, the diplomatic side in me would say that at the very least, you've got to come to the table. Yeah. Do you know what the start of the solution is? Starting the conversation, responding when somebody yeah. says, let's have a conversation. Listen, if the date that they pick doesn't work, the, the amazing thing, I, and you know, I don't know if this is the same in BC, but calendars have other days where you can actually schedule other things. And obviously I'm being tongue in cheek, but the fact that there was no response just is, is ignorant. Like there has to be a conversation about this. And, and you kind of alluded to kind of our next story talking about how, how it's, uh, you know, almost like the wild West all across the country, that gray area. Um, and, and there's the, the one uh, gentleman in the, uh, in the story you know, used to work in cigarettes and decided to move into into cannabis because, uh, they're, they're, you know, and he said he's put additions on, so the additions of on his house and, and he hasn't got, had to go to the band for money, but it's not exactly legal. And when the BC Premier or anybody else doesn't want to sit down at the table, what are they supposed to do? What are they supposed to do? It gets weird. It's a great question. And there's legislation here, in BC that does allow the provincial government to sit down with, um, you know, different indigenous communities and talk about what their solution, uh, individual solution might be moving forward. And that kind of agreement was come to with the Williams uh, Lake First Nations. So we'll have to see if that's something that starts to spread here in BC. Um, but yeah, you got to come to the table, you got to talk. And uh, that goes both ways. Yeah, that quote, these pot shops are not illegal in the sense that there is no defined provisions. So it's really hard to yeah. fault people when there isn't guidelines. And then real, even harder to fault people when the people that are supposed to be discussing those guidelines don't want to do it in some situations. Uh, okay, let's end with a story that you know we were following very closely for the last several months. It was a key part of the election stateside, a bunch of different states coming on to the cannabis train. 
And now um, the U.S. is one step closer to, at the very least, decriminalization. Indeed, it's headed in the right direction. So now you've got the Democratic-controlled House uh, last week approving a bill to decriminalize and tax cannabis at the federal level. Um, Now the opponents, mostly Republicans, uh, called the bill a hollow political gesture, and they actually mocked Democrats for bringing it up at a time when they say, uh, well, uh, factually, thousands, not just thousands, Hundreds of thousands of Americans are dying from the coronavirus pandemic. And, you know, things can get done at the same time that there is a pandemic response. And the idea now that Republicans are coming out of the woodwork to say that putting forward a bill on decriminalization of cannabis at a time when we're dealing with COVID-19, it just rings so hollow to me considering the current response that we've seen federally from the U.S. government. And when we talk about cannabis decriminalization, you can't help but talk about cannabis legalization, where it brings in a much-needed tax revenue to an economy that's been hit so hard by this. And people that are just, they want jobs, they want some steam engine moving forward on their uh, economy. So... You know, basically supporters of this bill say that it would help reverse the adverse effects of the decades long war on drugs. You know, this is a social movement forward. Uh, and again, the economic issues that I talked about. We have four more states now, too, in the, fa- in the past U.S. election that uh, that had legalized cannabis in their states. And that includes New Jersey and Arizona. It's going to put an enormous amount of pressure on the state of New York, by the way, just next door to New Jersey to do the Mm -hmm. same. Now, this bill passed 228 to 164, but it has to go to the Republican-controlled Senate, and it's there that it's unlikely to to advance. So when you look at the historic passage of, you know, the MORE Act, Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act here, it's really likely only symbolic, which is really unfortunate. Uh, But, you know, let's look at the silver lining in that this is a big step forward. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a step forward, and unfortunately, as you said, it could be a, a step or, or two, at least sideways maybe, maybe not any more steps forward, yeah. but it is a step forward. And I, I just laugh at that, uh, you know, the, the, like you said, the, the Republicans... Did, 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 what did they do while well, hundreds of thousands of Americans were dying? They, they you know, lauded the, the president who wasn't doing anything, and now they want to come out and do it. And do they not see how important of a role cannabis has been playing? Like, look, North Americans, it went from illegal to essential. The tax dollars are there. You would have to be the dumbest Republican ever to not think cannabis could help get you out. New York is going to fall. Pennsylvania is going to fall. Get on the train, dumb Republicans, because you're going to be left at the station with giant debt. And and, and we talked about Texas before. Texas has the biggest debt that's going, and, and they're, they're looking the other direction as opposed. So I don't know. It just gets me so frustrated when people can't see the forest through the trees, pun intended in, in this one, but because uh, this could do so much more, not just for people's, you know, health and, and medical medical benefits, but the, the, the bottom line and the dollars. So I really hope some sense goes into Republicans before this happens and they don't just stupidly go by the party lines because 
You know, and we've talked about it in the past, the conservatives here, why aren't they getting on the cannabis train? Why is stigma keeping people from recognizing the financial benefits also with this plant? I don't know. That's the end of my rant. I apologize for getting upset, but it just it just it floors me that that they can still have this st- same stance with this. And it it doesn't actually bleed through party lines. I mean, we've seen recent polls that have come out talking about how both Republicans and Democrats are in support of this kind of reformation mm-hmm. uh, for all kinds of reasons that you touched on as well. There, so. I see a lot. I see movement happening in the future, and it will just continue to require a strong lobbying effort from the grassroots folks that are pushing this from a social justice perspective, as well as the business community who need to show that this is something that's important for economic recovery and in uh, a great opportunity to help fund some government programs uh, in a way that's less injurious to the tax base. Yeah, and just look around the world at what is happening. Look north, yep. Americans, legalization in Canada. Look south, you know, eventually legalization in Mexico when they get it worked out. Look across to Israel, look at Thailand, look at all these places. You know, look at the celebrities that are getting involved. You know, Will I Am from the Black Eyed Peas, Alyssa Milano. Uh, there are soccer stars, there are NBA players. Uh, there are there are the, the, the man who... You know, the CEO of Starbucks realizes that the cannabis business industry is something. I mean, you just have to look around globally and see that the wheel of cannabis is starting to turn. And perhaps most importantly there, you mentioned for Republicans, look at Israel. I mean, you want to back policy out of Israel, which they do. Israel has uh, is moving toward legalizing recreational cannabis. So get in, get in the game, my friends. Indeed, indeed. All right, David, thank you so much. Uh, We're going to be doing, um, you know, after Christmas, before New Year's, uh, a kind of a year in review on the OZ here on the Cannabis 101 podcast. So uh, looking forward to uh, taking a look back, and I'm sure some of the stories that we've been discussing in the last little while will be making that list. Have yourself a uh, great rest of the week. Enjoy the sunshine, especially if you can get to the top of that mountain. And we'll talk (laughs) next week, my friend. You too. Thanks, Dean. and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Great stuff from the artist My Dead Dog with The Weed Song. And by the way, I want to tell you the Cannabis and Hemp Expo is getting closer and closer April 24th, 25th, 2021 at the Edmonton Expo Centre. You can check out the details at CannabisHempExpo.com. We will have tickets to give away as we will be on location broadcasting episodes so please come down say hello and check out many many great things at the cannabis hemp expo
This is the Business of Cannabis, a joint venture between the Green Generation Co. and the Cannabis 101 podcast. Bringing you the latest bud, biz, buzz. Malka LaBelle joins us from the Green Generation Co. Find out how Malka can help you at www.greengencompany.com as we discuss what is going on when it comes to the business of cannabis. Malka, good to see you again. How are things? Hi, Dean. Good to see you as well. I have nothing to complain about. Oh, that is the best kind of answer (laughs) that you can have. Um, And and you know what? Uh, There there is some good news. And, you know, a lot of times uh, we kind of get bogged down because there's some, so many things that we are working towards. Um, sometimes we don't celebrate the great things enough. And I love that we're talking about something so positive with our lead topic this week. And that is that mm-hmm. the U S uh, house of representatives have passed the more act and that's going to lead to some really good things. And you could tell us about that now. Yeah. I want to just emphasize this is the more act. So this is a huge win for everyone in the world, particularly those in the cannabis space and anyone that has been fighting the good fight. Uh, if they're in prison for cannabis possession, if they've had a major bout of illness and haven't been able to reach out to their doctors to get the care they need, this is a massive hurdle. And this is one that has been cleared because of the work that, um, Senator Kamala Harris has put forward. So she was the one that co-signed this bill. Um, so it hasn't fully cleared into, into law yet in the U.S., but it passed the House of Representatives, which is a big part of the hurdles. And really what it means, in my opinion, is we're going to see a lot more in terms of um, research and clinical research done on cannabis. And really, this is a huge thing for the cannabis sector because people have been using cannabis for a long time medicinally, but the medical benefits are still just scratching the surface to really be understood. And and it's because um, of the sort of the paradigm on how cannabis is researched or how any drug or anything for medical purposes is researched, being the randomized control trials or RCTs at the center of human trials around anything for human health and medicinal purposes. And, And this is something that, you know, people in the cannabis world could tell you forever that Um, You know, cannabis just doesn't work the same way or in that way that it's a single isolated molecule that's going to give you the results that you want uh, to see. But the more research that's done on on cannabis in general, and that can happen now uh, when it becomes fully passed as the MORE Act, we're going to see a lot more people trying to prove this. Um, And essentially what that means is that we're going to just see a lot more proof as to what cannabis can do for people in many different ways. And I picked the one particular uh, molecule that I am eagerly awaiting more uh, information on, which is the THCV uh, cannabinoid. And there's been a few or like one real random trial around this in the U.S. um, that showed it to be positive uh, for the purpose of treating diabetes um, and and, um, some of the uh, metabolic syndrome uh, disorders, which are those that are cause things like obesity um, and, you know, a high, uh, high um, heart disease and high blood pressure um, and affect your kidneys and your liver. So uh, some of these um, disorders, you know, the, the drug companies have gone to, to their field days around treatments of these, you know, um, uh, drugs 
for people, which essentially makes them longtime customers mm -hmm. of the pharmaceutical companies. They really don't do anything to treat the problem from a, a you know solving the problem perspective. Um, they really just like to have long-term customers like every other capitalist organization out there. So what this means in terms of a good thing now is that we can really start to prove out with trials or with all types of cannabis research and testing that it's the entourage effect that really gives the balance of the the wholesomeness of the plant that it has these medicinal properties and you know more about that than than dean than anyone right like what does mm -hmm. the entourage effect mean to you well the the entourage effect for me is uh when when you take different parts of the plant and um you know and and i always equate it to you know, instead of buying your uh, your cannabis or whatever it is, or, or selecting your cannabis based on the THC, uh, take a look at some of the terpenes that they're in there that are in there that give it uh, the 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 smell, the aromatic oils, and and some of the the taste effects. And there are some terpenes that have some terrific medical benefits. And then you have the THC, and then you have the different cannabinoids. So it's everything working together. And sometimes. You know, you also can get locked in, locked in when you find out more about terpenes and say, oh, this has myrcene in it. This means I'm going to go to mm -hmm. sleep. But sometimes yeah. that myrcene can work in with another terpene and the entourage effect, and it actually works a little bit differently. And that is one of the reasons I'm finding that cannabis can be beneficial for so many people because the different types of cannabis, the different cultivars and the different cannabinoids and terpenes that are working together in the different cultivars can work on different, um, you know, malady, uh, maladies that are out there for people. That's the entourage effect for me. Exactly. You're 100% right. And it's very hard to study that the way that clinical trials are set up yes. in than have ever been set up. So it's sort of in the, in the example of for medicinal purposes, you know, drugs are tested by a, a controlled in a controlled way. So that means that one thing has changed amongst all the other variables within the ex experiment, essentially. And that just isn't the way cannabis works. It's a, it's the entourage because you need all of these different factors working together to really get the full benefit of this plant. So why I think this is exciting is that, you know, initially we understand that some of the cannabinoids are, are good for some things. And overwhelmingly THC is the most predominant cannabinoid in cannabis um, in general. And CBD is, is a, such a small percentage of the plant, but has such a massive benefit from the medicinal properties. So the volume of the controlled substance, let's use that for this example, doesn't really bear, um, bear into the actual outcomes of the benefits that are perceived. And this is what this article was talking about that I was talking, that I was referring to is that the, a little bit of THC goes, THCV in this case goes a long way. And why do I talk about THCV? Well, it has a lot of the opposite effects that, that traditionally cannabis is believed to have. Um, and they've already seen this in the one example of the controlled experiment that they did in that it has the appetite suppressing effect. Mm. So unlike THCV, which tends to give you the munchies and not all do, but uh, what I have personally found and what some of the evidence has shown is that THCV has the opposite effect where it's an appetite suppressant. And this is true of a lot of the African land race strains where you see THCV uh, molecules in higher proportion, which are next to impossible to find in Canada. <laughs> but what they're noticing is that it has a lot to do with the, um, the anti-inflammatory properties of the cannabinoids and the CBD um, overall. And that's why di the diabetes like pain point or the diabetes problem is a great example of how to start to really unlock some of these 
um, ex uh, you know, reasons why we should not really look at this as a single molecule, but a bunch of molecules together um, and look at treating cannabis, using cannabis as a treatment, as a holistic way to, to sort of to, to, to counteract that. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to mention that that's, it's, it's exciting. And, you know, TCV has other effects um, and it's already been seen in lab uh, rats uh, for that are with obesity and diabetes um, experiments that it does actually reverse weight gain and improves uh, insulin resistance. So those are the two big markers that were tested in the previous study and just more research to come. It's very exciting. I wanted to just mention that some of the companies in Canada that are focusing on this for their goal with their license, the Health Canada license, is on the R&D side. There's Willow Analytics, which is a company, their head office is here in Calgary, but they've got um, labs, I think, in Vancouver, as well as in, I'm not sure where the other one is. There's also one in California. And their goal is to grow cannabinoids out of yeasts. And I've been really against this on my public media in the public um, like LinkedIn and stuff, but I wanted to clarify my stance on this. When you're using cannabinoid um, lab and research to grow cannabis for the purpose of doing experimentation around it, for the purpose of replacing pharma traditional pharmaceuticals, I am all for that. The more people that are trying to do that, the better um, to remove traditional pharmaceuticals that we are now know are much more harmful to people in the long term. But that's what I think that the, the place in the legal cannabis market is not for recreational purposes and not really even for creating new products, so to speak, unless it's going to be for, for specifically the medical application. So this is why I'm excited about these companies like Will Analytics. Um, and there's a couple of other ones that are talking about the bioscience and the biosynthesis of cannabinoids out of growing properties like yeast and, and other sort of lab type elements, essentially so there isn't a bunch of waste energy created or mm. you know money spent when you really only want to get that one or two cannabinoids. So it's very efficient that way. So that's what I want to clarify around that point. And um, otherwise, for those that still like the, the whole flower per, uh, perspective, I'm all about the African land race strains. Some of them examples, Durban Poison is an example, Doug's mm -hmm. Baron and Red Congolese. If you can find them or find seeds of them, catch them up, uh, snap them up because they have a higher ratio of THCV and that's the one that's going to have the appetite suppressing and um, make you just feel overall have a reduced inflammation response if you want to try that in your repertoire. Well, I know that uh, Gnome Starcraft Cannabis has some uh, red Congolese because I had uh, Earl uh, Oliver on the show. Uh, we talked about that and, and some of the reasons why he wanted to uh, go with that. So that is definitely out there uh, right now. Okay, uh, let's get into uh, change makers. And uh, in, in this uh, specific segment, uh, we're talking about a research license uh, for the vape hardware manufacturer with uh, Green Tank Technologies. So where are you going with this? Yeah, so Green Tank Technologies, um, I've been sort of keeping my eye on them for a while. I saw them at Lyft. And this is a Canadian company uh, in Toronto. Pretty cool. So they got their, uh, they're a vape manufacturer. So they they kind of white label their products. So if you go on their website and, and take a look, their products are basically the, the plain version. And then a lot of other companies, including PAX, Sundial, pretty much every other brand out there has bought their hardware and put their brand on it. So they're all about the white label of their technology. And what they've done here is they were granted a research license, similar to what I mentioned in the first part, um, so that they can actually really test how um, their hardware interacts with the cannabis when it's inside of it. 
So we already know about the issues around like the vape gate crisis of last year where you know there was tainted um or not you know mm-hmm. so stuff was utilized in making of vape products that was poison. not good for inhalation purposes yeah, right we, we all yeah. remember that yeah. side so this is an example where they can really get beyond that and go into the next level of not only testing for contaminants um, when they're in that vape state or in the liquids and then turned into into vapor when you're inhaling them, but they can also test for viscosity and fluids, um, emissions, uh, constituents, and other ways that the extracts interact with different materials in the hardware. So when you add heat to anything, it tends to change its properties. And that's exactly what they're able to test with a research license now. So it's really exciting because they are um, following a regulatory model under GMP and ISO, um, which I have recently become an expert on by (laughs) happenstance. Um, But this is a a part of the industry that people are really wanting to get more clarity around is what are the standards for testing and for creating manufactured products for cannabis. The right now, the answer is there aren't any specific to cannabis. They sort of fall under other standards, which is why I put up that logo, those logos there. So depending on what you're intended using of those manufactured products, whether it's edibles for eating or vapeware for inhalation, different standards would apply as of right now. But fortunately, I'm on the committee for the uh, International Standards, standards uh, uh, Organization, the International Convention, which was this past week, it was a grueling like seven hour session over five days um, that allowed uh, the people that are in the industry and that are stakeholders and are experts in this to get together and discuss what are the new standards look like. And it's going to be like, I think it's a nine month process until we get to a point where, okay, we've got a document that outlines what these stand- standards are and how they apply in the cannabis sector internationally. So not this isn't just in Canada, this is the world over. And this is something that is super important um, because it's the it's the point the where the rubber meets the road. I use the elephant in the room example um, because right now the illicit market utilizes standards as an example to essentially improperly indicate that their products are safe. So they mm-hmm. use these these uh, labels because they're very easy to find and put on products without them actually being verified, and the public doesn't really know the difference. They just think, oh, it's got some kind of standards. It must be safe and it must be approved by Health Canada. And that's really not technically true. So this is an area that I'm super passionate about, the labeling, the restrictions, and the standardization of some of these standards for specifically cannabis purposes. Um, And really what it needs is a whole new way of of understanding what the standards do and how how they're applied. So fortunately, I'm part of these working groups. And... This is the kind of work that needs to be done. We're on the cutting edge of this, leading the way in Canada, but the rest of the world is watching. And it's very important that we take note of that and take note of the elephant in the room here, that this is the point where the public also needs to understand what's going on so that they aren't harmed in the process of you know, just following the label in which they're buying whatever they're buying their products from. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, you know, when you talk about the 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 se- very serious uh, crisis that was the, with vaporizers last year or vape pens, it was the illicit market. It was cutting it with poison. And the, the unfortunate thing with that is a lot, as you mentioned, you know, I've seen that uh, THC, that Canadian, you know, that THC logo that comes on every legal Canadian package. I've seen that on tons 
of black market products out there. Mm -hmm. So it is hard. There are websites, there are press releases that have gone out about these websites as we've talked about. So it's very hard for people to discern sometimes what is legal, what is illegal. I'm sure that's uh, surprising to the rest of the world why why that is happening. And um, you know, when especially when they have that logo on there or it looks very realistic, but inside of that product is, you know, stuff that's not supposed to be there. So the fact that we're we're going to be testing this is very important. And the fact that we somehow, you know, you know, I don't think we'll ever get rid of the illicit market of, of cannabis 100 percent, Malka. You know, I, I'm not sure that will ever happen. It'd be great if it did. But we have to do something to be able to reduce it more. And, and yeah. they, they seem to still be operating in plain sight. Yeah, and it's a big it's a big initiative for the industry and like sure. the National Cannabis Working Group, the Chamber, the Roundtables. This is on everybody's mind. And it's a it's there's ways that we can make it a much harder to operate in the illicit space or to the point where it's uneconomic, where it doesn't make sense. Right, there's no right. financial incentive. And that's really what cuts things off if you look at history. So mm-hmm. we're working towards that and we're working towards a new state of standardization. Right now I'm in the process of of talking to different lab companies to understand like what does an ideal look like for them like Canada's leading the way on this and part of the task forces that are out for this goal is to find out what would be an ideal standard to achieve so I'm helping with that process so if you are a lab company or a lab or an extraction company or you're doing anything and you want to make sure that the standards comply and you have an idea around that please reach out to me because I think this is really important that we get those voices at the table and they are calling for more experts to be part of the conversation in Canada and around the world so the more people that are at that table giving in their their belief of a solution, not a problem, but a solution to this problem. We want to hear from them for sure. All right, let's get uh, wrap up with what it means to be green and uh, tell me about GreenGate uh, Power Corp pioneering what it means to be green. Yeah, so I mean, I have to say this is my origins for what I really understood about what it means to be green from a personal perspective and became sort of the my growth factor from learning about what it all is about. And it really started in 2007. Um, a good friend of ours, Dan Balaban, who's the CEO of Greengate Power Corporation, at that time he was out raising money in Alberta from his friends and family to revolutionize how we get energy in a renew and find it in a renewable way. So that was a BHAG or big, hairy, audacious goal that he set out to do a long time ago. And uh, he came from a you know comp- roots in the oil and gas business and the and in the oil fields himself. So he understood what it meant to have oil driving energy and how terrible that was for the environment back then. So what they've done is they've really blown up, so to speak, um, by he's considered one of the the key people as the go-to in terms of what it means to be a renewable company. And they are doing it by developing solar and wind power as a development corp, so a development company. So I invested in this in early days in 2007 with my husband and family and friends. And now in 2000, I guess it was 2019, um, we did another raise when I brought in people from my MBA and other colleagues and we raised a bunch more money for a second round. And what that was for was um, this growth in the solar side of this development corporation, which is for a 465 megawatt solar wind farm. So that's the biggest amount of solar um, size solar in in Canada, if not North America, one of the biggest projects. Um, It's called Traverse Solar and it's right here in Alberta. 
um, planning to be operational in 2022. So this is a, these are big, big, big projects. They take up a lot of space, but because of the state of the world, the economy and the environment, the cost of renewable energy is now better, if not on par with natural gas and coal and other carbon-faced uh, uh, power sources without the use of um, subsidies. So for a long time, government and other, you know, green initiatives are subsidizing the cost of setting up these majorly capital, capital intensive projects that are, you know, a ton of money to set up. But once they're turned on, they like next to nothing in operations and maintenance costs. They just produce energy when the sun is shining or the wind is blowing. Mm. And now supplementing with battery storage, it even gives that longevity and supplementation even more so that you don't really need as much um, carbon-based fuels. Now, Dan is a huge proponent of utilizing all kinds of energy, not replacing or eliminating everything, but there is a carbon transition here that he talks about. He's on BNM Bloomberg like weekly, it seems like. He's all over the place. He's on every panel ever. <laughs> but in the last few years, he's highly tuted as the grandfather or the godfather in some cases of renewable energy coming out of Alberta. Um, and I've been at the table with him and even like the Her uh, Berkshire Hathaway guys, like at the same room, at the same table, talking to each other on developing projects, Berkshire Hathaway being, uh, um, you know, um, <laughs> the uh, grandfather of all things amazing. Um, I'm escaping my his name at the moment. But anyways, these conversations were had by the biggest names in energy and um, business of overall. Um, and basically what that means is that we're at the table. I'm at the table with these people and they're Dan Balaban is one of my mentors and and he's a big advisor for me and my and my company as well so we're all about what it means to be green in the most renewable uh, sense of the word and my addition to this is what cannabis can mean and add to this conversation is additional fuel sources materials just making the world greener overall and that's what I talk about and that's the root of my business and what it means to be green so that's I wanted to highlight that this week this project is going into uh um, building uh, and commercialization very soon, and I wanted to, to highlight it. Awesome. Good stuff. Uh, good stuff for the environment. Get cannabis involved, and everybody is definitely uh, a whole lot greener. You can find out how Melka can help you at www.greengencompany.com. Thanks so much, Melka. Thanks, Dean. is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. A uh, great conversation with one of our partners, Malcolm LaBelle of the Green Generation Co. Thanks to all of them, including Stonesmiths, who are going to appear on Wednesdays, hour number two. Uh, they have the wonderful slash more to come uh, but this thing is, uh, it's just, uh, it's just awesome. You know, you got uh, three temperature settings, just uh, tri uh, triple click uh, changes the settings, uh, four temperature or four seconds, and this thing heats up and you hit it right away. And then there's the uh, double click, 12 second auto fire mode. That is my favorite. So we're going to have one of these to give away on uh, Wednesday. 
uh, when the uh, the guys behind the uh, slash join me on this program. But if you're looking to get one and you and you not sure you're going to be able to win, but maybe you want to for sure get one for yourself as well, uh, check it out at stonesmiths.ca. Uh, they also have them at Green Rock Cannabis, uh, St. Albert and Lethbridge, Uncle Ron's in Edmonton and Northern Lights supply so that is the slash uh, the folks will be on wednesday with me to talk about it are really excited about it and we're giving a one away just for chiming in on the cannabis question all right now let's get into the weed word of the day bud dope flower ganja mary jane we all have our own language when it comes to cannabis herb john lennon plant Salad. So let's explore another weed word of the day. Samuel Ojeks, the Hobbit's Leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. All right, so this is what we do on Weed Word of the Day. We give you one slang term, one standard term, and today the slang term is grapes. And uh, this is to refer to in the slang world, any kind of weed that is purple. Granddaddy purple, uh, grape ape, um, there's there's so many different things. We did a number of them on um, the 12 cultivars of Christmas that had some coloring. Uh, the uh, Actually, the, the one from Joy Botanicals, uh, Cake Crasher number one, had some purple flecks on it last week when we did on What's That Strain. So I love it. I love any colors. I love the green and the orange that you usually see, but I love when you see some purple flecks in there. And it just, it's like a grape gusher taste when I, when I get most of those uh, cultivars. Speaking of that, cultivar is our standard word. And there's a lot going on right now. You know, we're, we're going to be changing the segment. What's that strain? The name is going to change to reflect cultivar because the word cultivar is a plant variety that has been produced in cultivation by selective breeding. And that's what blue dream is. Blue dream is blueberry crossed with haze. That gives you the cultivar blue dream the word strain is borrowed from microbiology and is used to describe a genetic variant or subtype of a bacteria a fungus or virus that's not what we're talking about so cultivar when you go in and ask for sour tangy that's a cultivar so that is your education today on weed word of the day I really like this segment because I learn a whole bu- whole bunch from it as well. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Okay, that is going to wrap things up for hour number one. Big thanks to David Wiley from the OZ, of course, Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Co., two of my great partners, and Stonesmiths, uh, the makers of The Slash, who will be on hour number two on Wednesday. Uh, Check them out at stonesmiths.ca, especially if you're a retail store wanting to bring something in. Uh, These are going like, like... listeners and and viewers reaching out to me almost every week saying i grabbed one of these i grabbed one of these very popular you definitely want to have them uh, on hand uh for the consumer and you'll learn lots more about it with heath and levi 
on Wednesday. To become a partner uh, or maybe as a, an interview, if you'd like to join the show, please email me, canvas101podcast at gmail.com. Uh, whether you think you'd like to join the show as a partner or join the show as a guest, we'd love to hear from you. Or if you just want to reach out and tell us what you think of the show, please do. If you did enjoy, subscribe, leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast or you're watching it on YouTube. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. Hour two on Wednesday, as mentioned, the guys behind the slash, Heath and Levi, are going to join me on the program. We're going to get into some really fun stuff as well, not just about that, but about some Christmas stuff and, and all that uh, all that good stuff. Also, of course, Chris Ionson, uh, who joins me every day until December 24th on what's uh, or the 12 cultivars of Christmas. He will join me for What's That Strain. We are going to be changing the name on that as well. Lots going on, lots of changes coming in the new year for this show. I think you'll be pleasantly as uh, surprised. Uh, past episodes of the program can be found at the cannabis101podcast.ca. You can also find different shows at Podcast Alley. I have a couple of different podcasts out there as well. And at the cannabis101podcast.ca, you can find the 12 cultivars of Christmas as well. Remember, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. We leave you as we always do with the marijuana song from the artist, My Dead Dog. We'll talk on Wednesday, everybody. See you later. Too much, too. Kind of grabs you by the boo boo, don't it? What are you people? On dope?